I want to do two in one day. I want to do the, the trust call and brandy wine. And when all those fucking pigs are coming after me, I want to split out the back. I want to go down to Rotterdam and I want to do that first national. You know something, Luke? If you ride like lightning, you're going to crash like thunder. I'm not going to let you bring us both down. Fuck that. Don't be such a fucking pussy. No, man. It's over. Can't do it. Won't do it. You made your fucking choice. Fuck you. Hey, you know what? If you go out tonight... Take the truck. You'll be less visible. Last favor I'll do you. I'm done. You're fucking done? Yeah. You're done. It's all. Another lovely evening of film investigations, deep dives, uh, commentary, analysis, thoughts. Uh, we're going to blow your mind. It's Cinema Night Podcast. Cinema Night Pod at ProtonMail.com. Cinema Night Pod on all your favorite social media platforms like Twitter and Facebook page is always bumping. Uh, Travis posts some of the movies that he watches from time to time on there, and you can check in and see what he's been viewing. Travis, how are things in beautiful Hazel Park on a Thursday night? Cold night. It's been a cold stretch. I'm I'm happy with the cold. I'm 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 perfectly fine with it. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that the snow keeps on hitting everyone but me, but um, I'm doing good. I'm happy, man. You know. Great. Yeah. Well, I love to hear that. I love to hear that, man. We're we are here live on the the internet. It's f- wonderful the to internet. be here. <laughs> the internet. Yeah, that's a good one. I thought we needed that one for the show. Classic Rob. Uh, so uh, we don't have Eric here today. Eric is off being a father. Yeah, Eric. Yeah. Eric's a father now. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, congratulations to Eric and Ange. Big love and big props to them. And and we're doing a movie that, that's uh, themed largely around fatherhood. So uh, I guess it's you know, good timing for him not to be here. But we got Luke stepping in. Thank you, Luke. I decided, whenever, you know, whenever Luke, I'm sorry, whenever Eric is gone and or there's an Eva Mendez movie, you should come on. Yeah, wow. apparently, right? Well, thank thank you for having me on. 
And uh, I do, I do appreciate it uh, with the Eva Mendes context. That that is important. Yeah, it's great to have you here, man. It's your third time on the show. It all started a long time ago. Citizen Dildo started everything many moons ago. Who could forget? Then who could forget it? And then uh, Eric was up north, and you came on for the other guys, which was your choice, which you regretted. (laughs) Felt like you were forced into it. No, I just didn't feel like it was really. Yeah, it wasn't fertile territory for a lot of critique. Yeah. It's good. It's good. That, it's good for us to occasionally bring on uh, comedy. Like we, we're pretty, we're pretty sparse on comedy, so it's nice to to mix that yeah. up. Every now and then. I, I thought it worked out. It, it, yeah. it ended up being weirdly relevant. All the all the you know, it was like over the summer of all the reconciling with uh, you know police brutality and stuff, and it's like, oh, these guys are shit cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Eric's here. Of course, Eric's checking in. Don't fuck this up, Luke. So, of course you are, Eric. We know you're auditing the show. Just audit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No pressure. Uh, yeah, so it's good to have Luke aboard, man. I mean, Luke, you love movies just as much as anybody. Do you remember the last time you went to the movie theater, though? How long has it been since you went to a theater? You know, I was thinking about that the other day. I can't remember. I I remember seeing Get Out in the theater, but that was like, was that three years ago? Four, yeah, four like years ago? 2017. Yeah, sh- that was almost four years ago. So had to be something else, but I cannot remember. What was the last big, uh, the the last movie I saw in the theater, I just remembered, is the the big Marvel one, the Infinity, the end of the Infinity War. Endgame. Uh, Endgame. That's what I saw. That was the last thing I saw in the theater. Last thing I saw in the theater was uh, 1917. I was really glad to see that in theaters. I was... Oh, That's yeah. why I'm not watching it on TV. I just I feel like it has to be in you know 40 and there's no way to. I mean, it's still worth. Or 70 millimeter. Like I mean, it's all 70 millimeter, right? Go to Aaron Worley's house, and it's basically like you're uh, if, you know if, if you go to the house with the right setup, you can, you're yes, theatrical enough setup, you can you can do it this movie. At home. Or, or you sit close enough to the TV where it's you know the edge of your vision, right? Side to side on the TV. Yeah, yeah. 2017 is like. That's a experience you need to have. You know, 1917. What did I say? 2017? You said, you said 2017. Yeah. Well, we all had the experience in 2017. Yeah. yeah. It is a year. I'm willing Can't to wait. bet everyone listening to this podcast experienced 2017. <laughs> <laughs> Emails at protonmail.com. Did you not experience 2017? Yeah, check it out. Look, I wanted to make believe I was somewhere else. Make me believe it. Yes. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm excited to be a part of the show with Luke today. Luke, we love having you on. Thank you. And we're looking forward to talking about movies today. We got the main event, of course. Does it hold up? And it's Travis's choice, known as... Yeah. um, What's it called? What? The Place place Beyond the Pines? Yeah, I was setting you up for you to say it. Oh, yeah, thank you. No, the, the problem is, and I will do this, is that, like, basically, since I saw this in 2012... I have thought of it as the place between the pines, or um, the place, yeah, ble- yeah, the place between the pines. It's beyond the pines. I'm gonna get it wrong throughout the entirety of the show. Just that, be, that must have really more. fucked you up. That the whole opinion is different now. It's it's like the Mandela <laughs> effect. I don't know. I'm thinking about Harris Eulin? Who's been thinking about Harris Eulin a lot? I mean, I was thinking about him before we watched the movie, but I'm always thinking about Harris Eulin. You know, what's he doing right now? How does he smell? <laughs> Anyways, yes, we're going to be talking about the place beyond the pines. That's will be the focus of our Does It Hold Up for today. And Eric's selection for next week will be revealed at the end of the show. It has been secretly emailed in a sealed envelope, courtesy of uh, Price 
Waterhouse. Gmail. Cooper. Cooper Price Water. Cooper, whatever. Oh, Gmail. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Travis will reveal the Eric selection at the end of the show. Anywho, quarantine Any viewing picks time. Travis, we yeah. know you watch movies, so it's time for you to share your quarantine viewing picks. All right. Well, I watched some movies. Um, you know, we lost the great one, uh, Christopher Plummer. Uh, amongst mm. amongst our group of friends, we often would debate like who deserves to have great one status, and I, I feel like I feel like Christopher Plummer's Plummer, Christopher Plummer with his Plum ass. Uh, plum, <laughs> Christopher Plum ass. Plum ass. <laughs> uh, so Christopher Plummer's career uh, is just so, you know, it's like it's it takes up almost the whole twentieth century. It seems, you know, I mean, like he's he's so. Uh, omnipresent in so many important and good movies. And I, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I, sh- I was like, I, I should watch some of his movies that I hadn't seen before. So I dug into a couple that I hadn't seen, one that I'd heard of and never seen, and one that I'd never heard of and hadn't seen. The one I had never heard of was Beginners from, from 2010. Uh, he plays a se- he, he, uh, he, he plays a 75-year-old man who came out at 71 and then dies. That's the premise of the movie. He's, he's like the movies told in flashbacks and his son, Ewan McGregor is like dealing with his father's recent death. And it was really good. I I enjoyed that one a lot. I also watched all the money in the world, which, you know, as I'm watching the movie, I I always didn't watch it. because I knew I would compare the performance to Kevin Spacey the whole time, but really all I thought through the whole thing was why did they old up Kevin Spacey when they could have just hired Christopher Plummer in the first place? It just, like why did they they, they lucked they, into it in the end so yeah yeah so but, so that was a good performance i don't know that it was a great movie really scott like you know the man can direct but it was very plotting you know with with double d's there it was it was pretty pretty slow um amazing to find out just how accurate it was though like jesus fucking christ this guy that he played i forget his name already but uh rich people are weird um, I watched. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was Getty, right? Was yeah, it, uh, yeah, Jay Paul Getty. Getty. Or, right. yeah, um, I watched uh, Paris, Texas. I've actually got a little bit left to finish on it, but uh, I've never seen Paris, Texas before. Wow. So it's fine to get that one. You know, I had to get that one off the list. Um, I enjoy elderly British men movies, so I watched Sometimes, Always, Never, starring Bill Nighy. Because there's only so many movies of like he's the main guy, and I love me some Bill Nighy, and it was definitely worth worth catching. Good little family drama. Um, I watched Blow the Man Down from last year, a pretty decent made-for-Amazon Prime movie, um, a really nice cast. It's getting a lot of recognition, as, as it well should. I'm going to go ahead and recommend that one. Uh, I watched The Sisters Brothers, which Eric tried to warn us against, and he was right. For the cast that's in that movie, it's just you got you know you got John C. Riley, Riz Ahmed, uh, John Gil, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and it's just like, how does it such a miss? But it, it really is quite quite the miss. And I also watched another Miss Bliss from this year with uh, what's his name, Luke Wilson. You've heard of him, and Salma mm-hmm. Hayek. And like you know how like sci-fi is great for revealing like a moment's anxieties and exploring things. And like, maybe there's maybe some like making some ethical points and that kind of stuff. It's great for all these things, but sometimes it's just like heavy handed as fuck. And it's just like, Jesus, you are just like, like that. What's that Matt Damon movie where everybody's tiny, you know, <laughs> like downside, you know, it's <laughs> downside like, yeah. where it's just like, so like, ah, oh, come on, man. Like you're just really like beating it in their heads. Like what you're feeling here. It, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So I'm going to tell you, go ahead and skip bliss. With with Luke Wilson, 
That's I, I love, you know, more than I, I like movies Owen Wilson? that I'm supposed Wait. to watch. <laughs> it's Owen Wilson. Which one's the one with the nose? Owen. <laughs> yeah, it's Owen. Uh, you know, more so than I like getting recommendations for movies to watch, I equally like recommendations for movies not to watch. That, that helps me a lot. Saves me some time. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, Travis, I want to ask you real quick. Uh, how do you feel about Gina Carano no longer being part of the uh, the Mandalorian? Ooh, I, I read a story about that today. You know, um, I feel like if you're going to go out in public and spread a bunch of lies, controversial lies, and be transphobic, you know, the marketplace of ideas says <laughs> we don't have to give you our fucking money anymore. So, <laughs> adios. Luca, what adios, you read an article you said about it. Yeah, I... Normally it wouldn't. It's a clickbait, you know. Normally it's not something I would click on, but, <laughs> but since the but since the podcasting stuff, I was like, oh, who knows? Maybe this will be interesting. I had no idea she's she's a raging idiot. So I, I guess she, I assumed that she was probably actor. not smart, and she's a terrible actor. That's the other thing. She was in um, was it Haywire, the Soderbergh film, and oh. I, it was hard. She. You know, there's there's merit to using people who are not prof- like professional actors <laughs> regularly, and I, I found it I found it almost impossible to to uh, not think about that. She she was one of those people that's so bad at it and just so wooden and non charismatic that it's very machine like that. I just like I kept thinking about that while watching the movie. Whereas like Soderbergh usually is. Everything is very seamless and, and super smooth, and that's part of his his overall kind of style. But yeah, if I I didn't think she was a great actor. I didn't think anything of her. Didn't even know she was in The Mandalorian because I don't watch that. And then I just caught that story, and I was like, I wonder why she would get fired from something like that. Given you fired, yeah, yeah. So this I, is I, what I, we do. This is who we are. Do- oh, I pressed the wrong button. <laughs> Like, <laughs> was that Dobus? Shit, sorry. that was Dobus P. I was supposed to be a joke about we can't predict the future, uh, and I'm sure that Gina Carano probably wasn't thinking about the future when she said some of these silly things that she said. And well, just- she could have thought about the present. She was already like a famous figure, and you're going to go out and be like, "Hey, stop the steal," you know? Like, <laughs> this is what can happen. You know, oh. she's like anti-vaxxing and shit. Like, you know, you just you know, you know, and, and like if you were a great actor on top of all of that, then maybe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, yeah. Uh, I see what you're saying. Oh, here's the one. Yeah, this is what Gina Carano was thinking when uh, her posts were revealed, and then people responded. Who the hell are you? We came to wreck everything and ruin your life. And now there you are. You're with no longer having an acting job. So maybe think about what you post before you go out there. Not that I agree with anything she said either. It's just, just dumb. It's just. <laughs> Why? Why do you have to have your your opinion expressed? Why do you have to have your opinion expressed? Or I think everyone's entitled to express their opinion regardless of their level of of celebrity. But like, no, you have you have a public job. You sound like you work at the local Costco and nobody (laughs) knows who you are. You know, right, right. Like if you if you know you have controversial opinions, you don't have to spout them off. You could be like, well, people are going to hate me if I say this shit. I should probably (laughs) just write this in my diary. Yes, exactly. And the people are on the goddamn the internet are always going to tell you, hey, this is our opinion and we're going to give it to you. Fuck that. Just shut up. Image and acting are always going to be intertwined. There's no way. 
You're never going to remove image from acting as long as it's like mainstream movie making. It's just not it's a, how it's things. A, well, well it's, speaking, it's a fairly it's a fairly fundamental component to all acting. Yeah, and speaking <laughs> of that, I mean, uh, you know, he, he's, he's a musician first, but also very d- deliberately and good. Like it's good that he's canceled Marilyn Manson. Adios as well. I mean, clearly Great. all the these allegations are just like nonstop piling up. It's just pretty obvious that this dude is bad guy so and there's another but, one like, wait well he's been off my radar for a minute uh oh, yeah, meaning I mean, like right, 20 right, years but he made so what happened uh, look hold on i'm sorry no, I, let's I, not even go here this is a movie show but like, i understand okay. travis was making a he's a an actor and, and, he, and he's and he's got many very credible he's an allegations actor. against him there you go no right look I, yeah i'm not dismissing what the allegations are at all i'm just he made a career off being a fucking weirdo and like counterculture. And he, I don't know. It's fucked up. It's so there's a whole complex story. I'd kind of like to have a discussion about that. Uh, maybe off air, but anyways, not cool. Don't we be do cool to people. The, uh, <laughs> we can do it on the other podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Travis, why don't you come on? We'll yeah, bring we Travis had, on. We could have Travis on as a guest. Damn host it. That's so. We didn't up. think about that next time, but we also, but we also have four guys. So we figured, oh, we still got three. There's more than enough, you know? So if one guy sits out, that's what the main thinking was. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't treat people like shit. Be kind to others. Uh, make sure and you watch movies, them. watch films, but respect <laughs> yeah. people's boundaries, respect people's spaces. Yes. Number one. What have you been watching Luke? Well, yeah. So what I've been watching recently, I, out of nowhere, just decided what the hell put it on. It was Veronica Mars. And I don't know if anyone has seen this, but it's it's great. It's it's such a capsule. It's such a time capsule. It's just '90s perfection. I know this was kind of like in the early 2000s, but it's like the the entire everything that is all the style of it is so indicative of that. So it, it I guess it evokes a lot of nostalgia. So there's probably that's probably a big reason I like watching it. It's just kind of comforting. But uh, I would say it's it's one of the best written shows that i've i've seen especially like a network television show and you know uh you can do a lot worse than uh chris and bell she's great she's uh spunky and fun and the whole thing is kind of like a metaphor you know it's got the they use high school as you know just a microcosm for society in general so all the different levels the principles and so on they, they just represent different uh, levels of the, the hierarchy that we're all used to. So it's, it's Come interesting because it feels super melodramatic, but it, it's, it's not when, when you just kind of get used to the satire part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's not melodramatic. It's not like, Oh, these high schools are just so melodramatic. It's like, it, it totally works. You just take them out of high school, put them in a different context and it would be a, an awesome, like noir series. I, I, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And I'm like addicted to it. Wow. I like Kristen Bell. Sick fuck. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's super nice. Hopefully, she doesn't have any credible allegations against her. I'd be very upset. Well, we'll we'll put her on the file with the rest. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Fucking pink. You're out. Uh, I like the good place. She was great on that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. her husband's Dak Shepard. You know, they live in Milford or whatever. And oh, that's that's right. Yeah, they are Michiganders. Dak Shepard Mm -hmm. makes mistakes sometimes, but you know, we're all human, right? Uh, He seems like a real sweet guy, though. Oh yeah, yeah, no, he, but, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go yeah, make friends actually, with him. Well, his mistakes, his mistakes are like, you know, he partied too much. He yeah, had, he had fame when he was like, yeah, he was young and hot and had tons of money. So oh, he had nothing to. Whatever. Yeah, accidents happen, right? 
I, I would I would literally be surprised if he had none of those problems and was squeaky clean. I would probably be more concerned. You've been watching anything besides Veronica Mars? Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think of a movie, but I watched Dragged Across Concrete um, not too long ago, and you know it it's a slog, but it is. It's an incredibly reactionary film, but it's probably one of the most honest films I've seen in a long time. And uh, it's it's he. So he did Bone Tomahawk. I, Travis, I remember the bum, bum, the main bum, reason bum, the main bum, reason uh, as Greg Zoller was on my radar was because of you mentioning Bone Tomahawk probably five years ago. So good, just randomly on Facebook or something, and I still haven't seen Bone Tomahawk. Oh, so well, I still haven't seen Dread Across Concrete. So we're even. I would I would I would definitely. Definitely recommend that, but uh, uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99 is that's fantastic. Is the it's unbelievably yeah, good, it's, really, it's incredible. Really good. So, I watched those back to back, and I'm telling you, I needed like a stiff drink after, and like I, I had to go for a walk and you know, read a Hallmark card. I just needed to calm down. Very intense, this asshole? very intense. Uh, very, I don't know uh, this guy, uh, very good. So. <clears throat> oh, but I've heard well, you guys talk about Bone Tomahawk, so. Hmm. But I don't. He's, he's a writer director. Yeah, I mean, it's got it's got uh, famous right right wing reactionary actors Mel Gibson and uh, Vince Vaughn. So it's fucking sweet because they're all in on the script. So it's you're just watching them really play guys that they really always wanted to play. I feel there's such an authenticity in that. Pull your so head out of your ass. It's recommended. It's recommended, but it is. It's a slog. <laughs> It's a slog. Is it though? Not a late I mean, night movie. Uh, I just liked it though, right? That's good to know. I never saw it. We just are you listening to us at all? <laughs> God damn it. I'm testing now. You. Quit was dropping yes. drops. Be in the Be fucking moment. It taxes your patience. It taxes your patience, but uh it's great. It oh, taxes I saw your patience. Um yeah, I saw Richard Jewell. That was amazing. Richard Jewell? Um, Mike kind yeah. of turned me off that one. I didn't I mean I I, I really like the lead actor. You know, the, what's his name? I thought he was really the guy from Saginaw. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the movie, like, it, it sounds like it was kind of graphic, right? Well, look, in that movie with Richard Jewell. And that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. Wasn't fair what happened to him, dude. He got kind of screwed. He really yeah, did. Nailed it. Is, uh, is it pronounced Bill Nighy or Nye? I, I always Nighy. wanted Nye. Nye High. I thought it was Nye. I, I can't say I've, like, written him a letter and asked him. The so end here's is the- nigh. I remember the end is nigh in Superman 2. There's a sign. That's where I first was heard it the word spelled, nigh. Was it spelled the same way? N-I-G-H only. And nigh. Right. So nigh Any- high. <laughs> God, that just still doesn't Nigh high nigh, Lon's all right. <laughs> but uh, the the other thing I, the other thing that I watch from time Buster to time Bond? is I'll, I'll go through Amazon Prime and they've got just the to- like full uh, – treasure trove of all the BBC shows. And it's basically just a Bill, Bill Nye, uh, you know, just <laughs> yeah. the whole gamut, every single show from BBC either has Bill Nye or like other people, like just people you don't recognize, but he is, he's in everything. And so I watch, uh, I've watched like three murder mystery shows that he's on. They're all basically the same. And they're all basically serviceable and good, but what vexes me is I can never remember the names. I literally, I'll go back. I can't remember the names from from day to day. I watch episode one and two on day one. I go to watch it the next day. I can't. I can't find it. So I, I, I like reliant on you know continue watching 
categories. If I don't right. have that, I can't even find it. Uh, but he he was in. If I if I remember, <laughs> I will send it over. But it was actually fairly good. Murder mystery with Bill Nye. You can't go wrong. Come on, it's fantastic. Sounds great. I'm interested. All right, that uh that cover it for you, Luke. Yeah, that covers it. That's all. Okay. Uh yeah. Well, this week, of course, I watched the Place Beyond the Pines, which we will talk about in a moment or so. Oh uh, shit! Are we supposed to watch that? <laughs> Uh, I watched uh, Yes Man again. I just love watching Yes Man. It just makes me feel good. <laughs> it's a funny movie. It's, and it's fun. interesting. It's entertaining. It's got good actors. I don't know. It's. <laughs> I really feel like it's underrated. It's an underrated comedy of the 2000s. So. It's a kind of underrated, but it's actually terrible. <laughs> we talked about this. It's it's fine, but you're re-watching it. I am. You're right. I, yeah. I think you this is what I don't know. understand. I mean, I've rewatched it a few times myself. I feel like it's. Uh, I guess you need uh, a, a fun yeah. laugh. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I can't sit here and be like, "Oh, it's cerebral," but that's not what you want all the time, you know. It's just a nice. <laughs> it's a yeah, nice. Otherwise, you just become insane. Yeah, it's just a nice distraction. You know, you got the classic Louise Guzman, uh, you know, jumper scene. <laughs> um, you know, it's good. It's good. It's classic. Yeah. That's fun. What did I see? Him? Journey to the End of the World Two. Luis Guzman is in that tough time. Not things, not terrible, not terrible at all. Uh, <laughs> it's got, it also stars the rock, uh, but anything with Luis Guzman is watchable in my opinion. Sorry, Mike, I interrupted you. Yeah, you did. No, I'm well, just kidding. Thanks for coming out, everybody. No, no, no. I love that his buddy in that. What's his name? He's got three letter, three names. I always forget that dude's name. He played, something, he something, played something. David Letterman fucking forever ago in, yes. in Night Shift. He's got he's three in, names. I know that. Yeah, so. he's great. He's in like all the fucking stuff with uh, Christopher Guest and stuff, but I don't know. Yeah, he's in The Breakup. Yeah, he's yeah. everywhere. He's great. He's all, no idea he, what his name is. And uh, Luke. White guy, white guy, white guy. Yeah, white <laughs> <laughs> John Michael Higgins. There yeah. it is. John Michael Higgins, Higgins, sir. So, Luke, it's funny that you're on the show because this happened before I knew you would be guest hosting, I swear. So this is fortuitous in a way, and uh, what a lucky break for us. I fired up a movie I had not seen since we shared our home together in Oak Park back in 2015. Man, great days. It's a movie that kind of came and went, and you don't really hear about it. It's got a big-time director. It's got a big-time star. It's uh, about international affairs. It's It should be on the radar, but I never hear people talk about it. And that movie is good old Black Hat. Remember Black Hat? <laughs> I was going to guess Black Hat. Before you said that, I was going to well, say. Well, you should have said something. You could have said something. I would not have stopped you. I was, get, I was going to say Black Hat. That I mean, A friend of the show, Brian Madison, who I believe he claims this is the worst movie ever made, if I recall correctly. Black That's Hat. That's very incorrect. Is that what he, is that what he said? I, I, he's going to check in. He'll have to check in himself. But I, I feel like someone told me that this is like one of the worst movies ever made. So I just never watched it. Directed by Michael Mann. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That is so starring incorrect. Chris Hemsworth, right, and uh, uh, Olivia Davis, Olivia Davis, Olivia Newton John, Viola, Viola <laughs> Davis. God damn it, Olivia, it's Olivia Newton John. Right. I was, was I thinking Octavia Spencer, and sometimes I mix up because they're in the Viola help Davis and, and Octavia Spencer. Yeah, that yeah, yeah that's they're in the, that, ever since they started the help together, messed me up in their names. But 
Viola Davison, it's it's interesting. I didn't like it, Travis, when I saw it, when me and Luke lived together. I remember arguing with Luke about it. Like, this movie sucked, and it was lame. It's about Black Hat. It's about fucking about a hacker. underworld hackers, hackers right. and all the world of being a bad dude on the internet and trying to take advantage of stealing and yada, yada, yada. So I watched it this yeah, well, time. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like like global financial markets are... are you know, and it, it's all it's all digital. So you know, yeah, yeah, being yeah. somebody, being somebody that now. can, yeah, being somebody this that was can six years ago was it hack, worse? Hack into the mainframe is probably the best skill you could have. Was it worse or better than the net? <laughs> Ooh, man. Um, that's no, that's, that's no, that's tough. not tough. It's that tough. Is not I'm not going to see it. It's not tough. <laughs> net, but no, compared to, come on. I would. Uh, no, Black yeah, I want you to see it. Travis, I'm going to recommend Watch this movie it. because originally I didn't uh, like it, but then on the second viewing five years later, I, I found it to be more enjoyable, and it's also an incredible undertaking. I wonder how much money they lost on this film because it's filmed like in Jakarta and in Malaysia, and this movie goes all over the world in China, and there's the help in the thank yous all these at the places. end credits. They're thanking all these hardcore, <laughs> like they're listing all these people like uh, NSA Intel people, and like they really tried to probably get his, because you know Michael Mann, he likes to try to get very yeah. detail oriented oh, and yeah. be direct and honest about he the He finally became a cop for like 10 years just to write a couple cop movies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, oh, but all the, hold on, recommend all the places, it. all the places you just mentioned, I, I don't think any of them seem like expensive places to go shoot a movie. I say Malaysia, China. This shit seems like there's a lot of tax havens. It kind of seems like a lot of tax havens, though. You're going to get a huge discount when you go shoot in Malaysia. Maybe that. Okay, maybe there's. I haven't looked in the tax havens on, you know, Jakarta. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I just, uh, you know, I know if you shoot a movie in in South Carolina, it's cheaper to shoot it there than it is on a studio lot in L.A. I know so, that Michael yeah. Mann probably can't make a worse movie, a worse movie than Last of the Mohicans, so I should probably watch it. That's fucked up. <laughs> I cannot believe By you would way, say that. Uh, this is I a good point, Travis. <laughs> I know you Five, did. Black Black Hat has a five point four rating on IMDb. Yeah, this just shows. Okay, so uh, d- does the does the average the average Joe really reflect your movie taste? Oh, I would no, not necessarily. Okay, but, so, but who gives a fuck? I define myself by others. Who gives yes. a fuck? Yeah, right. <laughs> Luke, it gives people a baseline so they can make their own choices independently. I know, but, I know. You know what, the trends, what I would say trends, there are th- movies that are poorly rated. Like, I love Freddy Got Fingered. That movie's shit out. I love it. So you're right. Yes. Mordecai. Exactly. Well, Travis, did you like Did you like Miami Vice or did you not like it? I didn't I didn't see Miami Vice either. I, I kind of, you know, like Michael Mann, I obviously like Michael Mann, but he's not he's not the guy. Last to week me. you said Heat was your all-time favorite movie, it is. but it is. I love Heat. Heat is my favorite movie. But, I, but Michael Mann is not my favorite director. I I I, I, I matter. I, you watch plenty of bullshit, right? <laughs> you just Yeah, I watch all kinds of bullshit. But you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to watch an up-to-date <laughs> adaptation of Miami <laughs> fucking Vice. No, thank you. Couldn't wow. be less interested in that. I mean, Black Hat. That, okay, I might check well, it out. Hold on, how about how about like, now that movie? Hey guys, you see that gritty cool. remake of Magnum PI? Fuck you! I'm not watching Dude. that shit. <laughs> okay, that's that's we we're, were talking about like a TV edit, but we're talking about a okay. It's a bona fide. All right, it is a bona fide it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Um, Miami Vice is a great movie. Personal opinion. Uh, Luke fucking loves Miami Vice. So let's not go on a Miami Vice tangent here, Luke. I know you yeah. love it. And if people don't know, Luke loves Miami Vice. Thank and he you. actually sold me on it. We, re- I didn't like it the first time I saw it. Again, 
And then I watched it with him when we lived together, and I liked it a little bit more. Miami Vice is better than Black Hat, I will say that. And right, Michael yes. Mann was one of the it original is. creators of the TV show as well, so it wasn't like he just... No, I know that, like, I know. Right, okay, well, I'm just trying to sell it. Uh, I, yeah, I don't no, really want to sell it, though. Yeah, I mean, who cares? So. I mean, again, like, I, I do love Heat, but I don't feel like obliged that I have to watch everything the man made just because I like that movie. True, hey! but what about, what about Public Enemies? Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Wasn't crazy about it. Okay, you weren't crazy about Public Enemies. I would say try try Vice. I think Vice you probably like better than Public Enemies. I think you'll like both Public of those enemies, better yeah. than you like Black Hat. Dude, but I, I, I like think they're all that much. Like, collateral. I mean, what about Collateral? Collateral was pretty good. Yeah. So he hey! he what he did what he did is he was the first major Hollywood director to uh, dedicate fully to digital. So Collateral is the first in that series. So it's Collateral that it's we, we uh, did talk Vice. Attraction recently. I don't know. Is no, that all digital? Head out of your ass. Yeah, it's all digital. Hmm. Yeah. It was one of the first. Uh, yeah, we talked about that in the show. Yeah, Anyways, I guess look. it would have to be. Okay, this is right, not sorry. the Michael Mann yeah, show. All over the Luke place. loves Michael Mann. Move on. Live it. Love it. I like Michael Mann, too. I do. So <laughs> Live it, love if we it. had to rank the three of us, Luke, you could be first. I'll be second. And Travis would be third in terms of our Michael Mann fanship. I can live with that. Uh, I don't know if I did. I mention this last week. I don't think I did. I think I watched it in between the last episode. It's called Sugar. It's a 2008 film about a uh, baseball player. Heath Ledger? But, no, no uh, it's a it's a Bowden and Fleck directed movie, oh. uh, which which I didn't know that they directed it. I was I wanted to watch it because it's a, there you go, Captain Marvel. Who Bowden are and Fleck. these people? Bowden and Fleck, they directed uh, Captain Marvel. Anna Bowden, and Ryan Fleck, they did Mississippi Grind, they did Half Nelson. Um, That's it, Captain That's Marvel. Uh, this movie I'm talking about now, Sugar. Yeah. Uh, okay. It was so, good. Yeah, it's it's a really underrated baseball film, but more than that, it's a good movie, but. In terms of lexicon of baseball movies like Field of Dreams and The Natural and all this kind of like over the top, too big for too big for my britches type movies that I don't like as much. Um, yeah. Although I do like The Natural, but Field right. of Dreams sucks. Uh, this movie's great because it's f- super authentic. It's about a Dominican who's trying to make it to the major leagues, and most of this movie's in Spanish with you know subtitles and stuff. So prepare yourself for that. But I think it's a really underrated film with a bunch of people you've never heard of. There's like there's nobody in this film that you would know, and I wanted to really recommend Sugar this week. It should be mentioned in some of like top five baseball movies of all time. Should definitely be in that discussion. It's by Bowden and Fleck, and I had no idea that they were even involved in it. So, all right, there you go. Good to know. That's it. And all right, Luke hated it so much he's like, I can't do this. Uh, There it is. Who Who the fuck? Yeah, who are? Who the fuck is this asshole? Exactly. Nobody knows who they are. All right, Luke. It's okay. We won't talk about Bowden and Fleck anymore. I promise. Okay? Oh, that's fine. I accidentally left the studio for a minute, so. <laughs> well, we all need a break, Luke. It's okay. There I it is. Those are our... background. I don't know how to do that. Well, you have to have a green screen, dude. An actual green screen? He's got an actual green screen. And lights. Yeah, I mean, look and around. He's all me. set up to go. What is with yeah. Zoom? Zoom only. Or, it's not Zoom. Sorry. We're, this, see, is look, a, this, this is a special. Like. Yeah. Okay. We're really showing sheet? the people. We're showing the people how the sausage is made right now. I know. I know. <laughs> Breaking the fourth wall. There he is. Anyways, oh, yeah. So check check out the uh, uh, Cinema Nine Pod at protonmail.com for any email questions or thoughts, and of course, uh, check out our Facebook page. We got a lot of action going on there. It's a lot of fun. Right. We get some good interaction, and you can if you miss the pod. And you want to watch us a video, you can always rewatch it anytime on that Facebook page or the YouTube channel. It does exist. You know, we don't really promote it that much, but it's out there. And if you want to, for some reason you want to see us 
I don't know why people want to do this. I really don't get it, but this is how society works now. People like to look at people talking. I mean, even I don't either. I don't, I, 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 don't, I can't imagine sitting down to watch a podcast. I, I listen I know. to all while I'm doing things. Yeah, so I anybody don't... listening here and watching, you're scum. <laughs> um, Luke is not part of the show. Reminder that he's not actually on the show. Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't speak for us. He's just he's just here. All thoughts of Luke Horbeck are independently uh, of his own volition. We love I'm, you. I'm, we don't think you're scum. We just don't personally <laughs> watch podcasts. Yeah, we love what you do and who you are, man. That's why you're on the show. Thanks I mean, so much come on, for you doing got, it. Really appreciate you gotta it. Put a, you got to put a face to the name. This sometimes is sometimes it's great. This is who we are. All right, so now it's time, guys. The main event. Oh, yeah. Let's get into it. I'm ready. I never saw this movie before, and it is called The Place Beyond the Pines. Not between. Beyond. Beyond, beyond the Pines. Beyond Not her. to be confused with The Tree of Life, which came out a year before this movie. Right, or uh, which, Between Two Ferns. Don't be confused with that either. Yeah, don't, uh, <laughs> don't do that either. Hey. hey. What are you doing? I got him a crib and some toys. Yeah, this is really nice and all, but you gotta get this out of here. You can't just show up like this. Why? Because this is Kofi's fucking house. What? Just get it out, please. He can't be sleeping in a bed. He's gonna roll out and bust his head open. He needs a crib. What's going on? You okay with this? I'm talking to you. You okay with this? Kofi, it's his father. In our house? You, you, you okay with him in our house? What are you doing here, man? You're making him proud. Don't shh me, you in my house, man. You need to pack all this shit up and get out the house, man. I don't know who you think you are just coming up in our life and changing shit around, but this ain't gonna work. You gotta lower your voice, man. Excuse me? Lower your voice. Man, can, you, can you step outside, please? Pack all this shit up and take it out, man. You're making the baby cry. You're making the baby cry. Pick this shit up and get it out the house now, man. I'm not fucking with you. Shh. Pick up all this shit, man. Fuck you, man. That's right. It's time to talk about Ryan Gosling and Ray Liotta and Bradley Cooper and Rose Byrne and Evan Mendez. We got a whole list of people in this ben movie. Ben Mendelsohn, Dane DeHaan. Oh, yeah. the, 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 the list just keeps going. It's a beautiful list. We're here to there talk about it. Luke is our special guest today. He's going to bring his knowledge and expertise on films. So it's going to be a good one. Usually we start in our classic fashion. We take ourselves back in time, which wasn't that long ago. 2012. Eight, nine, nine years ago, nine depending years ago. on what month it was. And Travis Roy. Did you see this movie in the theater? Or was this like a rental later on or a streaming service? No, I saw this in theaters. Uh, wow. Because, well, I love Blue Valentine. I thought Blue Valentine was so good. And uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Gosling fan. So uh, both of them teamed up again. I was I was eager to see this in theaters. So I, I, I did. And I watched it again, I think, after it came back out, like when it came out on 
DVD just kind of be like, yeah, I like this still. And I hadn't watched it since. I, I had forgotten a lot of it. So it was, it was really one that like, you know, I was like, does this hold up? It wasn't like that I had like this deep attachment to. It's more like I remember I liked the movie and I was like, you know, I've been meaning to watch this again for a while. Let's just throw in the fucking podcast. See what happens. Wow. Okay. So this movie was viewed by you in a theater. That's right. It was a follow-up to Blue Valentine. How do we say his last name? Cian Franchin? I, I think it's Cian France, but I don't know. That's Derek Cian France. Derek Chon France. <laughs> yeah, not trying this one. It's Derek Chon France. Luke. Chon France uh, sounds funnier, so let's go with that. <laughs> Luke, do you remember when this uh, movie came out in 2012? Did you see it in the theater then, or did you catch it later on? Uh, give us your story on this. Yeah, I don't know. I think the... I think like the the style of the film is is so it's so deeply moving just in general that I assumed that I had seen this. I was convinced just based on trailers. It, and I was it's the the trailers I remember being very absorbing. I remember being very excited to see it. I never did. So <laughs> like you, Mike, this was the first time I I actually had the opportunity to see this film. Really? Uh, so sadly, not in a theater. I bet you it would have looked amazing because it's one of the most starkly beautiful uh, films I've seen. I just, yeah, just recently saw it. So I saw it a couple of days ago. And that's my, yeah, that's my story of watching the film. Oh, we're definitely doing things a little differently this time than to have only one. Yeah. Of this is the first yeah. time only one of us will have seen the movie. So in terms of wow. do, the does it hold up part, do you I, like I would, this movie or the new yeah, podcast? No, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, that's exciting. I never saw this movie in the theater, and I remember coming out, I was excited. I was like, oh, wow, look at all those people. I got to see this for sure. But for some reason, I never pressed play. I don't know why. I just never pressed play. It's just a silly, silly yes. thing. Like, what happens? That's it. I mean, I, it happens I a lot with films, I think, that might be masterpieces or something. It's almost like I'm not ready to sit and really absorb something. So I put on some bullshit i find you nailed uh, it dude that's, that's exactly yeah. why i'm like why i'm like finally sitting down to watch paris texas i'm like I, i'd always heard so much about this movie that i was just like i'm saving it for the right moment i don't know what the fuck i was doing yes but, yes but this, like, like someday i'm gonna sit down and watch this movie and i bet i'll really like it <laughs> i actually i actually made a fucking note that this uh reminded me of a vendor's film so i think that's that's hilarious that you're watching paris texas right that's now funny. Woohoo! well totally on the show is it, over too. Yeah. I, hey, I've actually never seen Paris, Texas either. I've actually seen five minutes of it when I was like eight years old, but I've not seen the film to really. How is that even possible? Like because society <laughs> has its own pockets and corners. You can disappear for a long time, Luke. You can walk through me. a room while your parents are watching the movie, is what he's trying to say. Exactly. <laughs> HBO, you know? A lot of movies I, that's an odd one for uh, DiBiase and Michelle. That's all I got to say. I, I no, would be surprised was, if. Uh, yeah, this was pre DiBiase. They were watching in the late 80s. Because that movie came out in what, 84? 84. Ish. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This would have been uh, pre DBSE, like late '80s, right before Deeb oh, showed pre -Deebs. up. Pre-Deebs. Anywho, this is not about Deebs. This is about the place beyond <laughs> the pines. And Luke. this is all about the ecstasy did of synecdoche. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, of did you uh, do you know? You want to guess the rating on IMDb? Because this is what we usually do. We always have a little fun guess, Luke. Uh, it's guess a one on out of ten rating system. Uh, yeah. In case you didn't know, so. uh, I would say the rating on this one is seven point eight. 7.8. Did you did you look, Travis? I did not. Uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to guess high as well. I'm not going to guess that high. I'm going to guess 7. 7. I'm going to just say 7. 
A hard seven. Okay. Well, Travis wins because it's a 7.3. And that's mm. with over 247,000 ratings. So that's a lot. Not bad. Interesting. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. We always go over there too, Luke. I, Luke, do you love Rotten Tomatoes? No, I, I'm, I'm indifferent. You're indifferent? Well, I don't love it or, or hate it. I mean, it just it oh, is. Oh, I thought you'd I mean, like you hate can... it or something. I thought you'd have like a passionate response. That's. No, I mean, maybe maybe ten years ago, I probably would have picked that as as something to skewer or some form of a straw man. But I, I don't really care anymore. I mean, it is it is what it is. We know we know what it we know what it does. We know what it provides. It is what it is. You don't hear that on the show very often. Do we you? are who we are. This is what we do. This is who this is what we, we are. Do. This is who. <laughs> Sorry, you said that's what we are. It are, came, uh, are we guessing at? I, I did. Are we guessing at how rotten or how fresh? No, no, no. Oh, yeah, for some reason we don't guess that. I just give you that. It's seventy-eight and seventy-five. Seventy-eight for the critics. Seventy-five for the audience. A very tight score. So there's balance between fresh, the, right? Not rotten. It's fresh. That's sorry. I, think, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, th- I, uh, I wasn't sure how to. What read is it, that. Travis? Is it fifty percent or better? Uh, I think it's seventy percent or better. Sixty percent. I thought no, because I've seen sixties that are red. I think it's in the sixties somewhere, sure. but uh, know. who knows? I'm, it's all a bunch I'll of put stupid. I'll stock in, in Rotten Tomatoes as I do MDub. Oh, interesting. That's good to know. So, anyways, we, uh, we give you the ratings and the critics' opinions on a film that came out eight or so years ago. Uh, Sean Burns of the Improper <laughs> of the Improper. <laughs> he's. I'm not kidding. I, I, <laughs> the, impro- the Improper Bostonian. The improper Bostonian. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> so is this guy like, aren't all Bostonians improper? I don't know. Anyways, oh God. Derek Chonfranch could probably be a great filmmaker if he wasn't trying so hard to be a great filmmaker. <laughs> Fucking the wisdom of the wisdom in Boston. I'll tell you. Here's a guy I do respect. Uh, we don't always use his, but I like when he checks in. Wesley Morris. Uh, I like him a lot. He's a great critic. Uh, he's worked at Grantland, New York Times. He's all over. Uh, what Sean Francais has written has scraps of surprise and a fine chase sequence, but it doesn't reach for the stars of the emotional cosmos, or at least it doesn't know how to get there. Jeez. Dude, the fuck, that is so funny because the standard set by the filmmaker is the potential of reaching the cosmos that's how there's something so just infinite or like eternal about the way the thing looks and the way it moves that this guy is pissed off that like the movie he sat down was so much better than he could have imagined and then and then got pissed off that it didn't hit the cosmos what is that <laughs> what movie does is it are we literally talking about 2001 a space odyssey is the only thing i can think this guy has in his head wow well, how fucking uh, how about tom long from our local paper the detroit news pines is hardy stuff but it <laughs> but it's at its toughest <laughs> when gosling's on screen at its toughest well that's easy to i mean he's he plays I read that, yeah yeah. <laughs> that's a by the way that's a fresh tomato <laughs> review I, I don't yeah really, that's like a bad one i mean i, I read his review yeah it's uh after i wrote after i wrote my notes I, I try not to pollute my pollute my mind but yeah sure. that's fine that's fair sure. that's fair do you know tom huddleston of time out not tom <laughs> this is tom not, huddleston not but not that tom huddleston carefully observed and consistently compelling it feels like an instant american classic if a minor one 
there you go. So, so in the end here, uh, mm. more fresh than not. And people think this, they, they're looking at it at least through some of the reviews we've seen, like, uh, Leonard yeah. Malton says it's ambitious and unusual to say the least, but I think it works because it's honest. Definitely true. It's an honest think, film. There's no doubt about it. I think Destin was retired by now. You know, I, this one has a lot of reviews. I'm, I'm still searching for the Destin dream here, but uh, yeah, I think he was no. retired. Oh, yeah, that's right. He called it quits. Yeah, no Destin. It's Trav. Uh, Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. We usually give his. The Place Beyond the Pines is a beast of a movie, an emotional roller coaster with threatens to go off the rails and does. You know what I've, I've noticed uh, reading all these or just in general is that they there's such a there's such a, a language that is like designed for movie reviews that is is totally obviously totally unoriginal it's uh, packaged for people to decide whether or not they're going to see it or, or not so it's basically telling you if you should buy this product but there's nothing that's what they they look at it like such a like the roller coaster emotional roller. i think i actually read that exact phrase in multiple reviews uh, almost every review that I read seemed like just seemed like a repeat of the previous one, and there it's it's so hyperbolic at this point. Well, you know they're all seeing it at the same junket, so they're probably that is true. Together. And some of them are emotional roller coaster. Those are emotional roller coaster. Those are emotional roller coaster. the beans. Yes. I just want to say this one real quick. Uh, Overlong and underconceived. Period. <laughs> Brilliant. That's from variety. That's from variety. Yeah, a variety of a, a variety of nitwits that fucking work over there. Apparently, I feel like Luke is showing his hand already. He's got strong emotions about this movie. I, I just I have strong emotions emotion. about the fucking reaction to this movie. It's one of the first movies I've I've watched and then read the reviews and had like s- such an emotional reaction just to the reviews and the approach. Wow. Okay. Because I, I that. There's literally no review that I, I read, like maybe 10 or 15 reviews. Not a single one seemed to plumb the depths uh, of the film, uh, give it, you know, anything more than basically oh. a byline for a fucking Rotten Tomatoes. We're three quarters of an hour in. Let's start. Yeah, sorry. No, well, look, I was just going to say that. Uh, look, I want to let's, let's do the characters real quick, like give tribute to the actors, because there's a lot of uh, topics in this movie that I want to cover. So Ryan Gosling, amazing, right? Uh, Bradley Cooper, amazing. Evan Mendes amazing. Everybody's great in this. Nobody's not good in it, right? There's not a, there's not bad acting in this movie except Bradley Cooper crying at the end is not convincing. Yeah, it's terrible. Not, oh. When he's on his knees, it's not it's not good. It's it's some of the worst acting I think I've seen Cooper do. Holy um, shit! Okay. I, 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 other than that, I think that the, the, the that his acting is strong in it, and that all the acting is strong in it. I, I actually and I actually this time watching, I was like, wow, the the, the guy that plays uh, Cooper's kid. Uh, he did a really, Emery something or other. He did a really nice job as well. The whole, <laughs> you, you're going to party tonight? Yeah. You copping boxes <laughs> for me? Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just like, like really convincing. Like the kid, like, I was like, fuck, I hate this guy. But like, I believe him. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Be- yeah. Beautifully acted film for the most part, despite the crying didn't go over well. And I, I love this cast. Like Bruce Greenwood, Harris oh. Eulin. These are some of my favorite, like, not always the main star guys, and not character actors either, in my opinion. Although Harris Eulin could be considered a character actor, but they're—I love the casting in this film. Everybody plays their role to a T. Uh, you know, Mahershala Ali. Lee, we haven't mentioned exactly. We didn't yeah. mention his name yet. Just so pops in there, just being yeah. being great. Just gets and, bashed and with the wrench. No big deal. Uh, properly referencing Empire. 
(laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so there's a lot of great actors. No argument here except for the crying. But where do you want to start? I mean, Travis, you picked this movie, so there must have been a lot of things that got you thinking about this film. What is the area of focus? Because there's so many that I can think of. I'll I'll let you go. Go uh, wherever you want. I think what stands out to me most about this movie is the tripartite structure and the fact that it gives me an opportunity to use the word tripartite. Um, <laughs> Triumvirate. <laughs> no, but I, I, I think it's so bold. I can't think of another movie that's not an anthology movie that does a, does a, a story quite like this. It, and, it, and it doesn't like follow like a gun or a $20 bill or something. It's following like, these actions, these choices and the consequences of them and how they play out over like through different lives and over generations. It kind of reminded me of Waves a little bit in the structure. I could totally see that. Yeah, yeah. Waves, is, I didn't think of it and I should have, but that's pretty, it's really one of the only movies I can think of that kind of, that would match. Yeah. Yes. And that, and that you're following one character then suddenly, we're going this way now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so that's what I think stands out to me most about it and why I wanted to revisit it because it, it felt really brave to me and unique and and it could have like hard and hard to pull off and and I feel like they pulled it off Luke oh man are you looking for a capsule review a- no no I'm not looking for a capsule review <laughs> we're continuing the conversation thoughts do you have oh, thoughts yeah I do have thoughts uh the, uh, the tripartite I, I love, nature of the whole thing. I love, uh, I love the opportunity to use triptych as well because uh, I was thinking of that, and I I did read an interview with the director, and he said it was supposed to be a triptych, and I was like yeah. celebrating by myself. No, nobody was, no one was around. <laughs> no one's around to appreciate I that. It. I couldn't believe. Yeah, it, whenever you nail it, it's really exciting. Whoa. Uh, so the I did want to. Right off the bat, the the kid that plays Bradley Cooper's son, I I don't know that kid's name. I should have looked him up. That you was that was probably one of the greatest performances. Unless unless that's just how he talks. If that's how he talks really and that's who he is, then fine. He's a he's a great non actor. But that was, I was so like just irritated and and embroiled in this guy's. What's his name? Emery Cohen. Emery Cohen. Good old Emery Cohen. He hasn't done much else. Uh, something called Lords of Chaos, where he plays like a, a like one of the starts the guys that start Norwegian death metal. So I'm gonna have to check that out. Uh, I guess that makes sense. That that perform. I I couldn't. I was seriously just. I was in awe of that kid. Like that's yeah. I mean, some of the so best many, acting I've ever seen. He, the movie's crowded with fantastic it is crowded. acting, and this kind of nobody kid really does shine really well oh, he was in brooklyn uh yeah he was I in like brooklyn, brooklyn. Yeah, um, and, it. he was and amazing this amazing. was also an early inter earlier introduction to me uh, for me to ben mendelson um just the way he walks in this ben movie Mendelsohn. even yes like he's so like like he's like, like i've known some i've known some kind of hillbilly types and and the dude hung out with them like they lead with their belly just like the way he walks like the arms are kind of like palms out and he leads with his belly everywhere he goes, and that's just like what he. And I've never seen him do that in any other movie before, but that's that's how this character moves. And it's just it's mm-hmm. subtle, but like, man, Mendelssohn, he's so good. That's an yeah, interesting. I, that's an interesting thing to pick up on. It's almost Simeon. And it, it, it yeah. reminded me of it reminded me of Klaus Kinski when he was told to kind of walk like a crab for a Gary of the Wrath of God, and, and you see it. You know, he has this kind of like like his body's falling apart, and his suit is what's keeping him together. 
And yeah, Ben Mendelsohn had that the, the affect, but it was so natural. Yeah. The first time I saw Mendelsohn was the year this movie came out, but I didn't see this movie. It was in Killing Them Softly. That's right. Yeah. Very good. That was, that was oh, other, yeah. Movie, that was my first time. Too. I saw yeah, he plays this, movies like back to back. So gross in that movie. Sweaty, heroin addict with these dogs that are shitting. Oh, my God. And I'm like, who's when this I saw guy? Him, I, when and I saw Bloodline came out right after that. And I was like, dude. Oh, that's that's how I really got to connect with him. But you know yeah. what else really stood out yeah. to me in this movie that didn't stand out to me the previous two viewings was Rose Byrne. I thought that she was so natural in this and just so mm-hmm. like a, like like the the dinner scene where like you can see her like kind of like trying to assert her dominance and like protect her husband and like and like also like not ruffle feathers and like not get him in trouble with his new boss or whatever Leota was and like it, there's like so much going on at once and like Leota's like just being like the classic prick that he can play so well um but yeah I she really stood out to me in this movie as well this time like damn she's she's fucking good that, that very particular scene is is incredible yeah the way the way she accommodates them and makes the evening like harmonious even though she's sitting at a table with a bunch of criminals yeah and rose burns been in some bunch of dumb comedies lately and stuff so I'm glad to see go back and see her in this in like a more serious, dramatic type performance where I'm like, oh, yeah, this she can act. Uh, yeah. Well done. I mean, you she's know, she, got like two minutes worth of screen time, but she makes it count. She does. No, she does. Yeah. And she deserves credit for that. Well done. So mm-hmm. fatherhood. This film's about fatherhood, I heard. Somebody said something about parenting. It seems like um, there might be a theme of fatherhood here. <laughs> so, is this a Spielberg movie? <laughs> um, mm. it's, is it a Marvel movie? Only if, only if the child actually kills the father. <laughs> Look, I like that. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go, please, please. I like that so much of the movie is about this kind of shitty person. Not not a shitty person. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Gosling plays a shitty person. Luke's a bad person, but he what he wants to be a good father, and he Hold wants on. To- real quick. Ryan Gosling's name, character name, Luke is Luke. Thank yeah. you. So yeah. he, he, he wants to be, he might not be a good person, but he wants to be a good father and he wants to be in this kid's life and he's going to do almost anything he can to be in the kid's life. And then you have this person, Avery, Bradley Cooper's character, who is like ostensibly a good person. He's a hero and publicly he's like this great face, but he's kind of a shit bag and self-serving and not that awesome. And he spends much of the movie trying to avoid his son. I, I thought this, this mirror of their two lives was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely. Gosling's trying to be this good guy for a minute, though, but it's so brief. Uh, you know, he's crying yeah, in the back of the church, and his intentions—what yeah. he's doing—is improper. Showing up at the house before things get really bogus. Like he's just so motivated by his own pain, and to not have what happened to him happen to his kid. Once he finds out that that's his child, that he starts just like. The rest of the world just gets blacked out for him in a sense, and he just narrows in it, on it. It literally gets blacked out because yeah, because he spray paints over the heart throbs on the on the um, the front of his bike, right? And the heart throbs is the name of his uh, daredevil crew, and it's also what he's got tattooed in his own handwriting across his neck. So clearly, the heart throbs was like his whole identity. Like everything's tied up to this being being this carny stunt driver guy, rider guy, and this the the night he finds out he's a father, it's like I'm done, I'm quitting. This is this whole life is over. And then when he commits to uh, like 
I'm going to get money for my son any way I can, which by the way, 14 grand, like it's so depressing. Like the, the small amounts of money that would just, that someone would view as like changing their son's life. So depressing. <laughs> yeah. He sprays over the heartthrobs thing. And I'm like, Oh, like, <laughs> it's, it's brutal. He's like, he's, he's like the leading part of himself. Um, go ahead. Luke. what were you going to say? Yeah, no, I, Great, great points. Uh, really great points. I, I think the point you made about, uh, you know, the way they were, they are as fathers is so interesting. I miss that. Um, I miss that point that, you know, Bradley Cooper, terrible father, uh, but, you know, more or less, you know, good guy in the context of whatever it is he's doing. He's a you know career opportunist and all that. And Ryan Gosling being obviously just somebody who has no career and he's completely wayward and is a good father at least intends to be that that's an interesting juxtaposition i didn't think about um the i i had taken a note on this that it reminded me of the intro the the beginning of this film reminded me of the beginning of there will be blood i know that's a little odd but in there will be blood you start in the darkness yep amazing you start you start in darkness you start in the the in, internal struggle the the depths of the 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 struggle, the psyche, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And this had a, a very similar feel to me. Obviously it's not the same scene, but there's just this detachment you have from him. You're just, you're merely an observer. You don't feel like you can even relate in any possible way. I feel like this movie does an amazing job of keeping you at a distance at all time. And, and not, it, it's, it's not nearly as judgmental of, of the no. Luke character as I thought it would be. I, I really was surprised to feel that kind of, I don't know, a sense of objectivity with it. But he goes immediately into the the kind of carny, uh, what do you call them, the tents, yeah. uh, and then goes into the iron ball and and yeah. just is, it just he's in this iron ball spinning in fucking circles. I mean, it, there is there a better fucking, you know, allegory for like just what it is like to live in a capitalist society. I thought that, that was amazing. And that that's also the same as to me, it was very similar to the fucking hole that, you know, Daniel day Lewis is digging in, in uh, or Daniel Plainview is, is digging in. There will be blood. That's a great comparison. Plain. It's in plain sight. Ha 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 ha. I'm oh, so funny. God. God, I hate you. <laughs> I was surprised uh, how it went down. I really wasn't expecting <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to Gosling to be done. Like, oh, that's it. Gosling's done in this movie. Yeah, like he's really fucking dead. It's like psycho. Yeah. Like he's he's literally like you're like, wait, what? His eyes are open, like his brains are out. Like, Is he coming back somehow? It's a first time viewer. You're like, what? shit. Uh, yeah. I kept looking for the ambulance. Yeah. I thought there'd be like I saw some other photos online when I was like preparing for this episode and stuff of like that I didn't see in the movie of him and Eva Mendes and like a kid together, maybe outside of the parts I had already seen. So I thought, oh yeah, there's gonna be a whole life. They're gonna go. The whole dream that he lays out at the restaurant to her doesn't happen at all. And I thought it really was. And there's gonna be this wild ride. And I was, it was interesting. I think it's cool to be thrown by movies, and I want to give it credit for doing so. <laughs> I like surprises. I like twists and turns. I'm very, you know, I've seen everything. It's hard to sometimes to to really surprise you, and it really surprised me. Imagine I this give it credit movie. Imagine this movie if either Bradley Cooper wasn't famous or if it was some no name instead of Bradley Cooper. Because for one, I love that chase scene because you're following this other cop first and you're not following and he's following, you know, uh, Luke mm-hmm. on the bike and you're not 
you're not like you're not in Luke's perspective. You're from, you're in the cop's perspective. This this one off cop who's just like in the yeah. one scene, and it's a and it's almost like Children of Men, like this great like really graphic, realistic kind of uh, bike and, and 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 car chase. And then you switch over to this other cop car, and if it had been like somebody who wasn't super famous and like second build alongside Ryan Gosling, like you wouldn't know. You'd be like, this is just this is just part of it. And then like all mm-hmm. of a sudden, that cop would kill. You know, you're the hero, and you'd be like, "What the fuck? We're following this guy still? What? What is even happening?" I mean, it's still even as it is, it's still really cool. But just imagine how weird it would be if if Cooper wasn't famous yet. No shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A, so did by point. the way, did Gosling? It is a good point. Did Gosling yeah. really? Because I didn't see an edit cut on that. Did he really drive in the cage on that motorcycle? I, I checked. He did not. It's just really well done. The only drive. Oh, okay. The only. I, I looked into this. The I only was looking thing, at that too. I was looking for the cut. I, yeah, because yeah, it's really, really well done in the beginning. I'm like, holy fuck, is he doing that? But it turns out that, that like what they had to do since he's like at the time in 2012, one of the biggest stars in the world, um, they had to like record him. More, and he's over. Not, yeah, he's done. No, I'm just kidding. But he's not. He's not <laughs> producing is. like he was. Kind of think by, by choice, actually. But anyways, um, so they, they recorded him on a bike going three miles an hour. Then they recorded him and like, and like send it off to like the studios. Be like, okay, what do you think? And they're like, okay, you can let him go at six miles an hour. So they recorded him on a bike going at six miles an hour. Then like at twelve, and all of it was for the scene of him escaping from the uh, from the bank, where yeah. he's going and he goes down the middle lane, and then he pulls into the truck and Mendelssohn like you know that whole bit because it's really clearly his face and he, and he does it. But when he goes into the cage, like it's it's a really good cut. Hmm. Yeah, I have no idea how they pulled pull that I shit off. You can I was see his face through the cage. Yeah, I was watching this shit closely, and I was like, There's, "They got to cut away. There's, they have to cut away. There's no way to do this." But uh, yeah, obviously you can't have a you can't have a you can't have a million dollar guy like that. <laughs> Can you imagine no. risking his life like every other Cruise person out there? Yeah. So so what about the time jump though? Uh, you <laughs> know, no fifteen years there. later, all of a sudden, poof, fifteen yeah. years, and I'm like, uh, I don't like when there's massive time jumps in movies and they try to continue a story because sometimes I think it's a challenge to do that. But I don't give the story credit for pulling it off for the most part. Uh, any thoughts on this? Uh, for the for the most part, I think out of the out of the three stories, I find the third the weakest. Um, not because of Dane DeHaan's acting. I think it's I think DeHaan is is a really solid actor, and as we discussed, this Emery Cohen fellow is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's for kind of the reason that you say sometimes it's hard to to jump ahead that much in a story because you're part mm-hmm. of you you're still looking at you're like Rose Byrne looking pretty good after 15 years. Hey. <laughs> Couldn't put any fake gray hair in Cooper's hair, you know, something, beef him up a little bit, put him on yeah. a Wendy's diet for the uh, month before <laughs> recording this, you know, something. Yeah, he um, looked better and younger. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah, he looked more confident and stronger and sexier. Yeah, yeah come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and also, I like, I kind of liked the, I mean, I really like the fact that this is a period, you know, two thirds of it is a period movie without being overtly beating you over the head like hey we're in the mid 90s but like it's mid to late 90s when it's taking place uh in the first two thirds of the movie and it's it's well done so it takes place in the mid to late 90s that i was trying to figure that out i I mean i I can't i can't promise you that but i mean it was you know 15 years basically prior to 2001 right and they're all wearing like high-waisted stonewash and like you know yes uh, yes like windbreakers and shit God, I've just seen so many hipsters wearing, you know, cut cut sleeve right. Metallica shirts and shit that I just assumed. I don't know. It was weird. It's like I was in a weird time warp. I couldn't pin it as yeah. That the Black Album was time. huge, man. They went mainstream. Well, it was, well, it was, it was, just, it was yeah. 
it was filmed in 2012 or 2011, so it's certainly going to look kind of like that. But I'm, yeah, and, but, I, I, and I'm guessing now the the end of that movie is present time in 2012. So minus 15 years, that puts you in the 90s. Great, which you makes perfect I, sense. I just didn't yeah. catch that really while watching it. You know what I didn't like about this movie is uh, I, I try to avoid this stuff in my own life and these types of people, and I really was not interested in the <laughs> when he shows up with the crib and all the toys after they robbed the bank the first time and. He's just in the house, yeah. and they come home, and <laughs> this classic like just trash fest ensues. Yeah. Yeah. You know, an yeah. argument yeah. is boiling. Is he Mahershala Ali's like, "You're cool with this," and she's like, just kind of blowing it off. She doesn't know what to do. She's torn, and this guy's putting a lot of pressure on her. It's not cool, and then he ends up just bashing the guy in the face. And I'm like, one whack, yeah. And they made that's what well, I love. That's what wrench. that's what really bought me in this movie is because. That is a big deal. If you hit a guy in the face with a wrench just one time, yeah, that's a major yeah. crime. You don't and have to beat him. Right, it doesn't have to be a big no. scene. Yeah, one whack in the face like, uh, gonna fuck you up with a wrench. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, have to be Hollywoodized or something. Right. Yeah, it is. And he goes right to jail and stuff. I'm like, oh wow, this is this guy's really trying to ground us in reality. And it grounded me so much that I was got uncomfortable being a part of the experience with their drama and their bullshit. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> yes, and that, Valentine. Yeah, th- yes. so that's that is exactly. That's one of the biggest things I want to say about this is he they skip over all the all the 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 nonsense that you normally like. So normally a movie like about police corruption, the whole movie would be about corruption. This happens when he meets Ray Liotta to when like he fucking gets him cuffed. I mean, this is like a 20 minute episode. Yeah, it's nothing. They skip right over it because you do not need the details. It does not fucking matter. And when he hits uh, Mahershala Ali with that fucking wrench, it is, yeah, literally the next scene, he's going to jail. You know what Why do I need? Yeah, why do I need a bunch of people screaming and crying and yelling at each other? So he extracts all this melody, or he takes all this melodrama out of it and extracts real drama from it. I think it was really brilliantly structured that way. I fucking loved that. He could have spent two hours on that stupid fucking conflict between him and Mahershala Ali, but he didn't. I mean, this is a two and a half hour movie, so it's not like it blows by, but I mean, it's an epic tale. You're telling the the lives mm-hmm. of three different individuals pretty Generational, much. yeah. It's right. a generational epic. So you have to move it along at a big, at a fast clip, but you have to be like emotionally grounded. And like, there's these constant like moral conundrums that the characters find themselves in that you are like on their side or kind of like judging them and one or the other but you're in, you're in, you're invested uh, because there's just kind of constantly always something going mm-hmm. on like you say it's like it's almost like like I said it's almost episodic but like like you said the 20 it's just like a, a brief thing with with the with the police corruption it's a brief thing with the with the with the drugs and the, and the kids it's, it's like a brief thing with really the, like like you might think of this movie as a as a bank heist movie but there's you know the bank heists are over pretty quickly although you might also think of this movie as a comedy because every time Ryan Gosling tells something get the fuck out, get the fuck out! <laughs> <laughs> it would have played it would have played a lot more comedic if it was like a Coen brothers movie yeah but because there's so much seriousness to it and there's such uh there's there's such aspirations right. you can just you can feel it in the film that there is something it's it's so dark it's so much despair in that like you want to laugh but you're like you can hear the you can hear the last breath of this guy squeaking out of his mouth while he's trying to steal like what six thousand dollars from a bank 
and while, on and his while way on his way to his own death sentence. Right. And while I'm laughing at it, like it's actually like a super brave acting choice. Like it'd be easier to be, to be like a cool badass, be like everybody down in the crowd, you know. But like, <laughs> but like he's like he's so vulnerable. Like you're like fuck, dude. Like what yes. are you doing? Like you're not like hey, cool yeah. bank robber guy. You're like what are you doing? They what make all bank right robbers now? to be such pros in the <laughs> movies doing? all the time. Like oh, we know exactly what we're doing. We're cool. We took a bunch of Xanax. We're calm and collected. <laughs> Right. Yeah, this guy forgot no, when he forgets the sunglasses. Forget yeah, fucking mask. It does. Yeah, yeah. He when he agonizes over the sunglasses and he's like, ah, and he still does it. That's what happens. You make mistakes and you're desperate. These things happen in momentary flashes. That's why I love this film in a sense because it just makes the reality of choices that happen in a heartbeat kind of like a. I know this is not maybe fair, but Bully. I know I said I watched Bully last week. Mm. These people made these choices in a moment of immaturity uh foolishness and naivete and then it's done and you can't undo it and so it kind of you guys may have already heard about this but a kind of famous incident from this movie was that um ryan gosling made the choice as an actor to have the the dagger and the blood tattooed under his eye and then he record he filmed for like three or four days and then was like you know saw the dailies was like fuck uh Jared, Shit, i need sunglasses like, <laughs> he's like this is like this is awful can we can we redo this i don't want the character to have this tattoo on the face like it's distracting i don't think it's good and derek you know was like uh Chum-chum-chum. hey man this whole movie is about choices and and making them and the consequences of them so you're sticking mm-hmm. with it and he's like okay <laughs> it's pretty cool have, have you guys seen have, have you ever seen anything from takeshi katana beat beat takeshi uh, so, so he, he's a Japanese director. This would be super quick, but he did, uh, he did, he's done a bunch of movies, lots of masterpieces. A great one is fireworks. I'll just throw that out there, but he has the same kind of, um, the economy of narrative where there is like a, there's just a jump cut from like a violent act to like the consequence. Yeah. It flattens, it flattens the, the, you know, our kind of narrative expectations completely. And it doesn't allow us to sit there and, and contemplate what we would do, what's right and what's wrong. We don't have that. There is no luxury of, of sitting around and intellectualizing about it, or you, you get no, your preferences are not acknowledged. Uh, none of that matters. It is a flattened, uh, it's a flattened sequence of action and reaction. And, and that is so powerful. And he's he's such a talent. Like, and when this came out, between this and Blue Valentine, I was like, this guy's this guy's really going somewhere. Like, this Derek Chan 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 is like <laughs> something else. But it turns out, like, he's done very little since then. He did the Light Between the Oceans, which I just looked up just now, which I vaguely remember coming out some Mike, Michael Fassbender, Alicia Vikander movie uh, in 2016. And then he's apparently he's involved in this I, the the new Mark Ruffalo show. I know this much is true, which I'm interested in. Um, but, uh, like he's been pretty absent as a, for someone that, you know, really, I thought made a huge splash, but you know, he, he yeah. co-wrote, he co-wrote, uh, or the story sound of metal was by him too, which is obviously doing pretty well. I think his, yeah, I think his, his general, his general style is it's emotionally very taxing and a lot of people like Mike and I are both saying we're we're sitting here looking at, looking at this movie, both want to watch it. Both of us didn't watch it until we had to. No, you're right. Uh, And it is no reason for me to not do that other than like, I expected already that this was going to be worth the time. And I just was like, do I have the 
freaking right. emotional capacity for this right now. And you were right. I mean, and that it's emotionally taxing, especially if you'd seen Blue Valentine before. And and and, and I have not seen that. And I that one, that one really, I that one really makes me want to like pause because Dude, it's, 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 it's amazing. Intense. I, I, I think that Michelle Williams is one of the better actors working. I make no secret about that. But like this, like if, if yeah. you like this, you should definitely check that out. Yeah, no, I, I will be. I will definitely be. Oh, he it. will. We all know you will, Luke. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, oh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. That's right. We're getting close to the end here. We start to think about how we feel about this movie. Maybe some of it's already on our sleeve. I was really surprised, though, that the two kids were, again, another surprise. The two kids hanging out happen to be the exact two kids that you know are connected from the past. Seems like again, yeah. Is that what is that what they're trying to do here? Is that what he's trying to tell me? I don't know. I don't know if that's what he's trying to tell you, but there's no other explanation. I mean, otherwise, I mean, they're in the same town. Schenectady is a decent sized city. It's not like some what? tiny town either, but it's not like what did you get? Huge. What did you get from it though, Mike? What, what were you saying? Uh, you, you were like, am I supposed to like? Yeah, is, am I supposed that? to? I mean, what is the what am I supposed to take from that? That like, you know, this is just randomness or yeah, that I think Travis I, is saying it's destiny that these people were going to connect again because, you know, the things we do, they had, you know, there's always a, a something due at the end. There's always there's, a, there's, there are gener, generational elements here. And I, I, for a brief moment, I was like irritated. Like, okay. So coincidence is bringing people together in a, in a super artificial way. But I was like, Nope, it's different because this has a purpose in crash. If you remember Crash, a Oscar-winning movie from 2005, um, coincidence is what drives the entire narrative. Without coincidence, you have no story at all. Yeah, and that's not the this, case here. Choices here. Exactly. This this is literally a, a choice to to show you the the like conflict between these two characters and the and the like gravity, the historical gravity of their histories. That's a great point. Cause, cause life does offer bizarre. Circumstances. Yeah. And, I, I immediately forgave it. I immediately right. forgave the coincidental thing. That's forget, not you know, exactly the whole um, McLean guy who had fucking, you know, he had the civil war break out in his front lawn and he moves to Appomattox. <laughs> you know, like, weird shit happens to people. Right. Yeah. Um, yes. but, but this story isn't about coincidence because ultimately like it could have ended about almost destiny. Right. Well, and you know, it's and, and, and choices because I could have ended there, mm -hmm. but like, like for instance, when uh, when Bradley Cooper figures out who his son has been hanging out with, and he like fucking throws him against the wall. It's like anybody but him. Hang out with anybody but him. And he's like, oh well, I'm gonna hang out with him. I'm gonna yeah. uh, exploit <laughs> him and then hospitalize him. Um, opposite. Right. So he he, he he makes these choices mm. that like, if he'd listened mm. to his father. So the, the circumstance is like okay, that's that's random, that's coincidental. But like the fact that he makes these choices, like. Because gives him an father. out. He right. gives him an out. He he gives him a chance to to bow out. But instead, but he, he makes these choices, and and then Dahan or you know uh, whatever Jason uh, makes these choices to be like, I'm gonna like I got all this rage built up in me from my missing father my whole life, and the and the fact that I know knew nothing about him the whole time. I, I, I'm a criminal. I'm I guess I got uh, I'm I'm good at motorcycles too. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm angry, and uh, you know, so now I'm going to act on that. So, like, so there is coincidence in this movie, no doubt. But uh, mm -hmm. 
again, it's a, it's the choices that they make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, I, there's a bill that's always that. due, man. You can't just have children and you can't just do things and disappear and have severed relationships and have no consequences from these things. You know, there are things that will eventually surface. We all ask ourselves why we're here. We all wonder the meaning of life and stuff. What so am if I you don't doing have a, here? How long exactly, have I got? Exactly, exactly. If we have a parent that's missing and there's a story that we could maybe learn or glean from our own other parent who would know about that, but won't tell us. I mean, these are things that you're naturally going to want to know about. And there, it's well done. It's well done. Yeah. That, that's, I don't know like how close we are to uh, wrapping up here, but I, I, I feel like, I'd be remiss. okay. I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't actually mention the, the, the themes I, I really got hooked on, I guess were yeah. So, I mean, with the Ryan Gosling character, character for sure uh luke's story to me was the, the the most interesting probably the the one i wanted to sit with the the longest because i'm less interested in things like police corruption that's such a function of just you know natural you know the organization of of that um institution but looking at he, what makes him so intriguing to me is the absence of what is it's not it's not what he is it's it's what you don't know about him he is just this endless black hole uh, it is a mystery and he he's not simply just a just somebody that is reacting he's not not an you know animalistic or something in that way i don't know maybe he is but th there's like a history there you can feel the history it feels real there there's a real material uh impact and force and there is an imminent violence in him you know it's coming i mean you can see it it is written on his body and it is kind of written in his uh clothing i mean he is in tatters at all times but i had this thought that this is like the beginning of the march uh to the capitol building on january 6th i mean this is like a disaffected lost guy that I could easily see being radicalized uh, on Stormfront. You know, he is so he is so nonchalant about taking on bank robbery to supply, you know, to supply the, the necessities for his family. He's willing to do it. But also, I think the main point is that there is pure fucking economic despair in Synecdoche, Schenectady, however you fucking say it. And is it Grub? Is that what Ben Mendelssohn's name is? I think it's, is it Grub? Hey, Grub. No, it's Robin. Is it I Robin? I, I, I swear to God. Uh, dirt Grub from It's Always Sunny, Dirt Grub. Well, Robin. so the one of the first things he says to him is good luck supporting a family on minimum wage. And yeah. that is, that right there is like the fucking nail that pins the whole thing down. So, and he says, I will, I have, I will give you work, but I do not have any business. I'll pay you, things, I'll pay you, but I can't. That's one of the things I really liked about Mendelssohn's character, Robin. Amazing. Um, is, is that he, he's like preying on, uh, on him. Like he sees what a good bike biker he is in the forest and like very deliberately, like sets him up in a way. And it's like, I'm going to like, like he always had, you could like, he very clearly has like this plan. Like he's robbed banks before he's got this idea. He's going to like use this guy basically. And, and Ryan Gosling to me is fascinated how quickly they become friends because he's got like nothing. So he's like, like, we don't have to talk about shit. We can just be friends. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it is, I'll live with you. Who fucking cares? I, it I is true, know. but, but <laughs> he's, he's so good. I don't know. He, when, uh, 
when he finds out that Gosling has gone out on his own, and uh, I, f- I forget what the actual betrayal was or whatever, where he's destroying the bike because the bike is part well, of he, yeah, then he destroys the bike, yeah, right. And but that, he is genuinely disappointed, he is genuinely let down, he is the surrogate father, but it's. I do appreciate that this film does not sink into that theme too much. And in the and then when uh the kid comes, Jason comes uh to visit Bed Mendelssohn and you can see his eyes light up. He's so excited about this kid that died that was his he friend. Him. He's like he's a great guy. He stuck a gun in my mouth and robbed me. But it didn't, <laughs> but it didn't feel it did not feel uh it, <laughs> To me, it didn't. It didn't come off at all. It didn't read at all. Like it was uh, like he was being manipulative. I felt no, like he that, was he legitimately off, sad. Yeah, I think he starts off manipulative and ends up really liking. Yes, him. And, but, and, but again, and, with the flattening, it's so quick. And, and yet, we, and yet, it's all delivered. Like it's yes. there, and it's all subtext mostly. It's really given how long this movie is. The amount of narrative economy is astounding. The amount of information that another filmmaker might have done, this this could have ended up being a six-hour film. Right. Yeah. It could have been uh, Heaven's Gate. It, it easily could have been. because Look what Heaven's Gate did for those. Definitely could have been that. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been a six-and-a-half-hour movie. All right, look. It's time to do it, man. It's time to decide, does this film hold up or not? It's an interesting film that has so many facets, as you just described. Subtext alone gives you plenty of information. Uh, Luke. You're the guest of honor. Why don't you go first? Give us your final synopsis. Yep. Well, I, you know, since I've only seen it for the first time, I, if, had I seen it, I, I can tell you for sure I would, I would say this holds up. I mean, I was incredibly surprised with this, and it's, it's the most for the most magic hour movie I have ever seen in my life. I was quite happy to look at it for two hours and twenty minutes. What do you mean the most magic hour movie? You've ever it's seen? just it's all at it's all at dawn and dusk. Oh, <laughs> it's so- golden hour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, did I say magic hour? I think golden it's, yeah. hour. It's the most it's the most golden hour movie I've ever seen in my life. Huh. I actually wrote a note that says magic hour, so I definitely did not remember that it was supposed to be golden hour. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it's supposed to be one or the other, but I think you're right. I never noticed it before, but I do believe you're right. I feel like there's yeah. a lot of middle of the day shots in this film. A lot of night shots. Nah, there's so there are so many uh, golden you. hour shots. So, but yeah, no, I, I was I was amazed. I'm glad I'm glad this was picked. I'm glad I had the opportunity to finally and the reason to finally just sit down and watch it and stop uh, flipping past it on you know Netflix or whatever. Actually, I watched it on Peacock. So if anyone does yeah. want to watch it, it's free on Peacock. That's where I watch Peacock. It. Uh, all right, I'll go next. Uh, this is a film called The Place Between the Place- Pines. Place between Shut two up. toilets. Uh, two betwixt, toilets between. It's place betwixt. Uh, betwixt the, the pines. Evergreens. Yeah. Oh, yes. Because that's what it, that's what synecdoche translates. To. <laughs> God yeah, damn it! Gonna... It translates to the place. I don't know what language it is. It's some Indian Mohawk. Language. Is it Mohawk? The place. Or, yeah. It translates the, it to the place. The place, he, the place where Milky from Twin Pines milk lives. Oh, it's a beautiful place. Clown? So, Milky. anyway, <laughs> Milky was that her name? I don't know. Anyways, uh, come here, Bray Rabbit. Uh, I really enjoyed this film. It's a fantastic, outstanding effort. There's no doubt that this movie holds up because it has timeless tales again. And for me, one of the key aspects of holding up is always timelessness, a movie that you could watch in any age, any era, any time. And you could throw this on in another 20 years and say, wow, this is well done. It's excellent filmmaking. It's great writing. 
beautiful casting, uh, a gorgeous movie to watch. A film that has complexities. Uh, it's not perfect or flawless, but it doesn't have to be to hold up. I kind of thought it dragged a little bit when it switches over to these two kids now in the like the third act-ish beginning, if we want to call it that. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit of a drag for me, um, but that's okay. It's a two-hour and 20-minute movie. It's going to happen. So in the end, I think this is an outstanding film. I'm so glad I finally got to watch it. Travis really made a great choice here. I, like Luke, am surprised I didn't get a chance to, but now I can recommend it to others with the full knowledge and understanding that this film holds up. All right. Um, so... I would be remiss if I didn't mention Mike Patton. I never noticed that he did the music before. Mike Patton famously. For really? Um, yeah, he does the music for this. And the music's really good. There's this, there's this really, in particular, this one late motif that's very sparingly used. It's just gorgeous. And uh, it comes up like three or four times in the movie. I'm like, man, like he, he could have leaned on this very easily if he wanted to. And instead, he's very uh, conservative with it. It's, it's Mr. Really Bungle, well huh? Yeah, Mr. Bungle himself. Uh, so it's really well done score. I'm surprised he hasn't done more scores with as good as this was. Um, yeah, so speaking as, as the only guy that's seen this movie before, you know, it's been a good eight or nine years since I've seen it. And it makes sense to me that I'm not trying to watch it over and over again because it, it does take a little bit of work um in that it is i mean like like when it ended I, I you know this is the third time i watched it but when it ended i didn't i didn't do this the first few times but when it ended that bonnie vera song came up wolves um i just wept i just started crying i wasn't really expecting myself to i didn't really it's not like a super emotional ending in a way but like the fact like the way he just leaves without saying anything and then the, the Bonnie Bear brings up which very soon Bonnie Bear is going to be going to become like a, a cliched band to Uh-oh. end on but not yet um and it um <laughs> yeah like it's 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 a, it's a, it's an emotional movie and it's a unique movie and it absolutely holds up i was really glad to watch it again I saw Bonnie Var do the Wolves live at Lollapalooza that was yeah, cool yeah you told me i know it's really enjoyed that uh, the rest of the trip sucked though. Anyways, so, <laughs> don't care about the band. Don't care about the band, but that that last two seconds was, uh, yeah, it was like a dagger. It, it was also relief. Yeah, there was a, there was a sense of relief I got. I was I like, that's why I cried. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. I think that's oh, why. I, yeah, because it's because like oh. I didn't cry out through the rest of the movie, but like, uh, like it's, it's kind of like a. Mm-hmm. Agreed. We've all seen our cry faces, Luke. We've never seen you send a picture of us of your cry face in a movie, but please do if you, you ever guys have all seen my real. You guys have all seen my real cry face. Why the hell? Yeah, but we want. Cry? Hell, we, we, <laughs> I started. It's bad. Uh, it's real bad. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. That's why it's funny because we can put memes on it and stuff and make it's memes out of it. it. I was surprised how funny it ended up being in the long run. Anyways, there it is. Milky's place beyond the pond. <laughs> I'm sorry. The place I'm between the ferns. We watched <laughs> it. We talked about it. Yep, Big Johnson Sasquatch in the woods. Thank it's you for good. listening to this. To thank you for thank you for watching, all of you live viewers. Very thank you, grateful to you, yeah, the people out it. there. And Do if we you have listen any? to the po- yes, there's people right now. There's Thanks, literally guys. six six people at once right now watching us. So I love you, you, six people out there right now. Thank you, and we want to thank everybody for t- oh Eric oh of course Eric Branchum's here, and we're about to reveal his pick. He loves us, Luke. You did be proud this evening. Great show. Milky lives. Eric, rather, rather <laughs> than me, Milky lives. Eric, rather than if you're here, why don't you tell us what your choice for next week is? Yeah, Eric, Ooh. why don't you uh, type it in? Type it in right here, dude. We would love for you to type it. Then we'll post it here and share it for the podcast audience. Time to find out what my, what Eric's choice is. Did he pick Parenthood? Did he pick Dad? Did he pick My Life? <laughs> did he pick Ghost Dad? What did he pick? It's a big mystery. 
Come on, dude, that. bring it, Eric. Type go. it in. Type it in. Type it in. Type it in. Type it in. Or else I look at your email. Or else I'm going to look at the email. Or else I look at the email. That's right. Cinnamon, hang on. Let's give us a check. One second here. How long can an average person handle a drum roll? Before they go, there it crazy. is. We got it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, 2005's A History of Violence. Holy shit. I love this movie. I'm excited. I already, I can already tell you. I got a feeling. Oh, man. Luke is so jealous. He's not going to be on this. Oh, you my wish God. You, you wish you were on this podcast. You wish you were the fourth guy in this podcast. Let's be Luke honest. loves Cronenberg. He's, that, yeah, makes me, oh, that makes me so jealous. Uh, but you, but you yeah. enjoyed the place between the pines or beyond the pines, whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> so. History Great of job, Eric. A masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. Uh, and if and, you guys don't confer, Cro- that's going to be terrible. Cronenberg and, uh, and, and Vigo are meeting <laughs> uh. again, too. I'm excited. All right. Well, great choice, Eric. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Thank Damn you, it. Eric. Thank you for typing it in. Thank you for making a late appearance. Thank you to Luke Horbeck for guesting yeah, thanks, Luke. for Eric Branson one hey, more thanks time. Thanks all of you for listening and watching. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that matters, too. Yes, thank you to everyone. We appreciate it. Don't forget, cinnamon iPod at ProtonMail.com if you have any thoughts on this movie or I said coffee. That'll be next week's show where we talk about a history of violence. You can follow along with us and do it in real time. That's it for the show. Thanks, everybody. my axes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>